0: This is the Jeff Merrick Show
1: on the Sportsnet Radio Network. You know, I got some really interesting uh, responses here to the, uh, the QOD. Uh, so Jordan's 98 NBA Finals game Two air Jordan 13's uh, going for auction $2.2 million. That's a QOD. What piece of hockey memorabilia would you pay stupid amounts for? Here's a funny one. Dan, Harold Ballard's walking cane slash weapon he used on journalists would be pretty neat. Uh, Pete at Hounds Insider Conor McGregor's gloves he wore against Jose Aldo Oh, what a punch And Wayne Gretzky's jersey that he wore in the Sioux ah. uh, From Shawnee Missing puck from the 2010 Stanley Cup Final Series clinching goal Didn't the linesman grab it? What was that story? One of the linesmen actually grabbed the puck. He found it in his hockey bag. What was that? i got to refresh my... Someone listening right now is going to know the story and will probably tweet in before I get a chance to do that at 201 Eastern as the show goes off the air. I want to get to our next guest. Uh, Maybe he has his own... Few, a piece of hockey memorabilia that he'd pay stupid amounts for. Maybe not 2.2 million dollars, but we'll see. He is uh, Lance Lesowski from the Buffalo News, and he he joins me now. And Lance, before we get to the Sabers, uh, the Jordan shoes go for 2.2. Is there something in a hockey that you would just pay like gobs, gobs of money for?
2: Um, well, I did last year when I bought a refurbished uh, Cooper Cateye with the HM30 cage uh, to add uh, to my helmet no collection. Way. And we, yeah, and we, we oh, know how wow. expensive, like, those vintage helmets have become. I've got a few of the old Jopas, yeah. the Herve, Don Edwards, um, so I added one of the Coopers last year. And, oh. yeah, let's just say, I'm not going to tell my fiancé how much I paid for that one, Jeff, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, see, it's funny too because I used to collect old jofas as well. Like I had like every color. I was like, you know, Baskin Robbins with uh, the colors of jofa. You know, I had a, a a couple of blue ones, black, and green, um, and there was one. There was one that I used to bid on. I, I remember trying to bid on it with uh, on eBay. It was a pink jofa. And I'd never seen one before. I'm like, oh, I got to add it to the collection. Yeah, I know, but it got like, it got like, you know, stupid. Like the 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 competition got like too dumb financially, and we had our first kid (laughs) on the way. And I'm like, there's no, there's no way. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to justify it. And had to let the pink Jofa go. Um, Lance, first of all, thanks so much for stopping by as always. And you know, at the beginning of the season. When we looked at the Buffalo Sabres, we said, okay, probably ready to take a turn. uh, Probably ready to take uh, an upswing in uh, in their development. And the key is for the Buffalo Sabres to play as many meaningful games as possible. They didn't get to game 83, but they got to game 81. Like, is the organization and are the fans looking at this as a successful season now that they're officially out?
2: Absolutely. I mean, these this past week and a half or so, when it was all must-win games, they were treating this like the playoffs, and you saw how and not only how Devin Levi gained so much invaluable experience through go- going through that, you know, those games, but also Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, Tage Thompson, you know, Grasmus Doleen, like the game that he had Saturday against the Hurricanes. Like these, this is a scenario that not many would have envisioned several months ago, and now they have their foundation in place. It's crystallized who's going to be here for the next, you know, several seasons basically. And now it's all about just adding to the NHL roster to try to get, get to that next step.
1: You know, it's interesting too, the idea of adding to this NHL roster, because I look at some players and, you know, Kulik is is front and center. I think for a lot of people, it's not as if Kevin Adams really needs to do a whole lot of shopping here. Like uh, a lot of spots that may be open, they can probably fill it. You know, with AHL Rochester, no?
2: Yeah, no. It's, you're absolutely right. I'm curious to see what they do with goaltending. Uh, the way that they use Levi over the last couple weeks, that's a clear sign to me. They think that that kid is ready to to be, you know, in the NHL to start of next season. Yeah. So, what do they do? I mean, if that's their plan, what's the tandem? I can see them adding maybe a top a, a defenseman who can play top four minutes. No secret, they try to go after jacob chikrin but the, the other issues the other you know potential holes that they have it's you know peanuts compared to what this organization was facing a year and a half ago when they had to basically tear it down and, and figure out who the next core was going to be we'll see about cool you know Yuri Kulik, Matt Savoy, but yeah uh there's a there's a, a good core now in place that now you can just fill it in with a few of these prospects and the Amherst are going to be in the playoffs again, so we'll see how Kulik and Issa Krosay and uh, benefit from that experience as well.
1: It'll be, it'll, it'll totally be fascinating. And, you know, it's, it's, it it really is interesting. You mentioned Buffalo Sabres defenseman and uh, listen, July 1st hits, they can extend Rasmus Dahlin. I was talking to Elliot before he came on thinking, okay, this is probably if I'm Kevin Adams, this might be job number one. I know they want a veteran to take some of the burden away and some of the minutes away from, and, you know, from some of the young kids up front uh, on the the back end um, so they don't get burned out by Christmas time. But is this not job number 1 kevin adams in discussions with uh with newport sports trying to come up with a with an extension here for Rasmus steline
2: it has to be because with with the potential number that that's going to reach um you know you have to get that that business sorted out so you have a clearer picture of okay what what's my cap space going to be not only for for next season but future seasons as well because you know they're going to try to get owen power signed to a, his second contract sooner rather than later because that ticket's going to become more expensive the more games that he plays.
1: Um, when we look at the Buffalo Sabres uh, lineup, when we look at the the roster here, are there any are there any players on this roster right now that you look at and you say? It may not be the most popular move, but in order to fill holes, we may need to say goodbye to blank. Now, maybe one of the obvious answers is one of the goaltenders, either uh, Lukanen or Comrie. If Devin Levi is going to be, you know, given the keys to the Chevy, um, are there one or two players that are kind of obvious that might not be wanted on the voyage next season?
2: I think Victor Olson is at the top of the list of players who will potentially be moved. Um, He's been a healthy scratch for the last five or six games, just hasn't been able to gain his footing at five on five uh, this season. He scored a lot of goals, you know, particularly on the power play, so there will be an interest. But with Cooley and Savoy coming up, I see them probably moving on from him. He's got one more year left on his deal. And then. You, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head off the top. I think that if Levi's their guy, I don't see them going into next season with two young goaltenders. And looking in somebody with the upside, the age, the pedigree, there's a lot of teams that need a, a goalie prospect or a younger goalie to add to their organization. Maybe that's the move they, they make to try to add a defenseman. To me, it's It's a bit dangerous, though, making that move. But Lukanen played well when this team had structure and they were healthy. Um, They lost Eric Portillo in part because Lukanen was in the organization, right? So it's – and Levi, as much as he did a lot of really good things over the past couple of weeks, he's still right out of college, you know? And there's a lot of things in his game that I think he needs to work on this summer to be, you know, that 45-game-a-season type of guy for this team. And there's going to be playoff expectations going into next season, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah. Okay, let me let me do something that's maybe really irresponsible here, but what the heck. You know, here we are, you know, shooting the breeze about the Buffalo Sabres on a on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh how about this one if they decide to go the route of 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 moving one of the goaltenders? Looking into Seattle. I look at teams that need young goaltenders. I look at a team that maybe has an assistant general manager who once upon a time drafted <laughs> and say to myself I wonder if there's a fit there between the Buffalo Sabers and the Seattle Kraken, like I remember, I mean, listen, you were you remembered it as well. Like last year around draft time, there was all types of you know whispers and rumors about Eric Portillo, and you know could he end up in Seattle? Like that was you know that was the draft is full of these, but that was one that was kind of profound, and a lot of people had heard it too. Obviously, it, it didn't happen. He played at Michigan and ended up getting traded to the Los Angeles Kings. But I, I wonder if the the Buffalo Seattle. Um, uh, battery of, uh, of, of trade talk might fire up this time over Lukanen. Would that make sense to you? Yes.
2: <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. I know Jason Botterell thinks the world of Uko Feka Lukanen. He was, UPL was, in Botterell's eyes, the future franchise goalie of the Buffalo Sabres organization. And you look at, if you're a team looking to get value at, at goaltender, you look at the way the Seattle Kraken defend. I'm sure they think that they're going to be able to get more out of a guy like Lucan, and you know the Kraken have a really deep, a really deep group of uh, defensemen that maybe the Sabres would be interested in. It is very enticing, but I don't think that's the only team that's going to show interest, just given uh, you know, how many teams need goaltending. You know, I know that Vancouver was, yep. you know, that was one of the. The organization was rumored to so maybe have called the Sabres about Lukanen. Um, so we'll see. Just that if you move Lukanen, I want to know who the other goalie is because I don't think it'll be Conry. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him get moved to a different team this summer and because the Sabres are going to need somebody who's a, a little bit more established, who can maybe take on that 1A role um, to, to make sure they don't mm-hmm. overwork Devin Levi so soon in his career.
1: Um, okay, let me ask you about Owen Power. Um the Calder race is an interesting one. Uh, How do you evaluate? I mean, defensemen sometimes are so hard. It's like grabbing water. How do you evaluate Owen Powers' season?
2: He would be the obvious uh, number one. He would be the the obvious number one choice for the Calder if the points were higher. And they would be if he was given top power play opportunities with Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Jeff Skinner. But, hey, Rasmus Dahlin is in Buffalo. He's going to have that responsibility down. No, I mean... This the Sabers wouldn't have lasted as long as they did this season without Owen Power. He's played almost 25 minutes a night against top players. His, you know, as of a few days ago, his five-on-five goal, you know, plus-minus was plus 20. Like that is nothing to sneeze at considering his responsibility, kills penalties. He has taken and he somehow just continues to get better. Right? I mean. The poise of the puck, um, the growth defensively, of course, like he's going to have to work on his shot. There's a reason his game that he's going to nitpick. But I know that Veneers has put up a lot of numbers, but man, being a, a young defenseman in this yeah. league at 19, 20 years old, oof, it is really impressive. I don't know how many rookies at that age, at that position, have played as well at a high level that consistently as Owen
1: Power. The uh, the captain is on the expiring deal as Kyle Poso back with the Sabers.
2: I think he is um, because of all the, there are so many ways that he provides value. He's been a very reliable defense. He's helped them defensively. You look at his numbers, that line, of course, like the goal total, the point production drop because of his role. But he is still he's useful in the penalty kill. You know he you can put him out there in matchup situations and know that like he's going to defend he's going to be a very responsible player hard direct the way that he plays the game is it sets an example for the rest of the group right simplify you know you, you can't pull. you can't just rely on rush chances and, and beautiful passes no matter how talented you are sometimes it's just it's dumping the puck in and winning it on the four check so we'll see right we'll see i think that there's certainly going to be they they can't get too young next season. I don't see them just going. All right, we're gonna put we're gonna fill all of these holes with guys from Rochester. And I think that it's important to have a veteran like that. You know, he scored 20 goals last season. I think that there's still more there that he can give.
1: You cover your beat. Great. Um, Lance, thanks as always for stopping by, sharing your expertise and your thoughts on on the Buffalo Sabres. What a season. Uh, That was 81 meaningful games, and we'll see what happens next year when the Sabres are poised to take yet another step. Thanks as always, Lance. Much appreciated.
2: Always a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you so much. Have a great day.
1: There is Lance Sosowski joining me, uh, talking about the Buffalo Sabers and uh, from the Buffalo News. We should point out as well, you know, there are some interesting decisions here for for Kevin Adams, Rasmus Delane, I still believe is you know going to be the uh, the top decision, um, uh, and when they can pull the trigger on a uh, contract extension. Uh, I'm with Elliot on this one. You do it as soon as possible because the price never goes down, and as we've seen uh, from Rasmus Delane this season, who will get Norris votes will not win the Norris Trophy, we don't suspect, but he will get some significant Norris votes. Man, that price ain't going down anytime soon. Get that deal done. Uh, when we come back, it'll be hour two. We'll be greeted by Greg Washinsky from ESPN. Also, we'll play part of the interview that Elliot did with um, Rod Brindamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, you can hear the full thing. Uh, I think it's already out. It was supposed to come out today at some point. might already be out on your favorite podcast platform Uh, Greg Wyshynski, though, next from ESPN MVSW time here across the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Now. Keep it here. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair
2: and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jeff Merrick
0: Show on the
1: Sportsnet Radio Network. I have been instructed by my overlord, Slant's Candidate, that we need to get right to this interview because we're heavy on time. Shocker. Uh, Rod Brindemore in conversation with Elliot Friedman. This took place on Sunday evening in Ottawa in advance of the Hurricanes-Ottawa Senators game on the Monday. This is a part of our most recent interview podcast series, which came out earlier today. Rod Brindamore, Elliot Friedman. Enjoy. Like you've kind of indicated, it's Carolina
0: or nowhere. It's gonna be. It would be hard. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not gonna say I'll never do it. Mm -hmm. You know, because I have some good friends in other places that Mm -hmm. I really respect. But I have a hard time right now envisioning the way I coach anyway to do it somewhere else. I have. I have. I've always had a hard time, and I know it's guys' jobs. Mm -hmm. But I'm wearing whatever shirt, golf shirt with their logo, logo, and then they're fired the next day. They're putting the other hat on, and they're like. This is the best. I'm like, well, what were you just selling at the other place? I, and I get it. That's how that's, that's how it works. But it, I'd have a hard time with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, Tom gives me a call tomorrow and says, you know, we lose again. And he's like, okay, making a switch. I mean, I don't know that. I I don't know if I could stay away from the game. That's the other part. So well, who knows what would happen? I don't think that call's coming anytime soon. Eh, I got to I... I gotta turn it around here pretty quick. Well, you know what? Let's talk about that for a second because – You know, you lost two players, two important players. And it would be
2: easy to say this is not our year. But I can't imagine Rod Brendamore saying this is not We
0: we, Listen, you know, we lost Pastoretti and Sveshnikov. That's 70 goals, let's say, conservatively. (laughs) Out of your line, we didn't replace it because we thought we would have them. So that's going to be tough. Now, we replaced it in other areas, in my opinion. We got Brent Burns. This guy's as advertised. And we have a host of other guys on the back end that are, Picking it up, and then some other guys have taken a step forward that we didn't expect, in Marty Natus and in Aho's Aho. But we still lost a big chunk of goals, so it's easy to say, "Oh, it's not our year." That's not how we're thinking. We we've put all this work in, and I say we, the players, from July to now, they're not just gonna throw in the towel, mm-hmm. and we just got to figure out way, different ways of doing it.
2: Every year around Hall of Fame time, I get a call from someone in the Hurricanes who
0: says. Pump me up. You even rolled your
1: eyes before I finished the question. Now. Does it matter
0: to you? Uh, no. Uh, well, it would be a huge honor. So I don't want to discredit that. I didn't grow up ever thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. was never, I want to be in Hall It was win a Stanley Cup and play in the NHL long enough that I can support my family. Like, yeah, That was kind of like, I, I don't want to have to do what my dad did for a living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was all. I was like, I'm not doing that, but I want all I want to do is raise the cup. So check check right so i'm good i'm good with that if you know what i mean yes so we're everything's gravy now mm-hmm. for me on that end second one i heard from our coach and the other coaches obviously out there
2: really respect the job you do he had a great line about you he said as long as rod brindamore is behind a bench nobody will be in more trouble with the referees that could only be second best Behind the bar,
0: (laughs) that's I get a bad rap there. I just, I I get here's my thing is I want to help these guys. I'm pushing the league. We need to have review on penalties. These guys are the best at what they do. Mm -hmm. There's zero chance anyone could do what they're doing. You could throw 10 refs out there, it's not going to get right because it happens too fast. It's fast, and yet they've done this technology thing and they've stuck it where we get the view within five seconds and the whole building and the whole people at home and they're sticking on the bench. Now we can tell if they mess this up Why? so you want Why?
2: video review for penalties yes
0: and i'm like, do you want to go through this sure I, i'm you want to go through in. this this, this is how quickly in. you do it take two of the officials off the ice we don't need four on the ice what are the lines been really doing offside we got review for offside if you're wrong mm-hmm. i'm not taking jobs away that mm-hmm. was the other thing I, I mentioned this five years ago and everyone oh losing jobs no i'm preserving jobs because wear and tear less wear and tear two guys on the ice you're not in the danger areas you getting hit with pucks hmm. okay you're in the neutral zone, calling the game. You have two guys in the box on review. On every time there's a penalty, put your hand up. The one guy's going already, checking to see if that was the right call. You go to a TV timeout for thirty seconds. Just put the red light on, and the whistle goes, and they just quickly look at it. We already take how many TV timeouts in a period? Three per three per period. No, no, no. Three minutes per period. You got nine per. Yeah, so it's like, it's,
2: like, it's like six minutes per period. Okay, yes.
0: so just hear me out. Yeah. When you have that penalty call, the one guy's already – just gives him a thumbs-up is the right call. Because maybe – then he's like, oh, wrong, drop it at center. But we t- we're taking a 30-second timeout. So we come back out of that. I mean, it's quick. We got it right. We got the call right. And they get – if by some chance it's got to go longer, take another – just add it to a, – add a minute. But guess what? At that 13-minute marker, we've had three penalties. Now we're not taking a three-minute stoppage in play, which – Sucks the life out of the building. Just when you go there, you're like, "Who did you? Who
2: did you?" Just wait,
0: I'm not done. This is, this is, this is. So now we're not actually taking any more time, right? Because we've had four penalties. We've taken two minutes off. When we stop at the 13 minute mark, we just take a one minute timeout because we're making sure we're getting paid. The commercials are going. But guess what? We've just done. We have got all the calls right. Now we're not. It's not going to help the ones that we miss, mm-hmm. which that's part of the game. But the ones that you want to get right, you made the call. They should be the right call. And these guys would—they're the best in the world. It takes them two seconds to look. Oh, that's not what I thought I saw, or this head-whipping thing that goes on when yes. guys hit this—it's impossible to tell live. That's why guys are doing it. Imagine if you got it—you knew it was getting reviewed. Would you think you'd have the head whip? No, you wouldn't, because you get embellishment now, right? And we just—you get what I'm getting at. Yes. We don't want a game to end on penalties that are not penalties. You're okay with missing something, honestly. You can live with that. But the one that is not a penalty, that caused a goal, those are the ones that that I get frustrated with. So my, half of my time I'm screaming because I just if it's wrong, this is why. All they had to do is get a second look at. It. You're taking two guys off the, every night, you get a little rest. So this your four-man crew is going around. They're only actually on the ice for half the games. They're in their stuff, by the way, because if there's a melee, whew, they can come right out and break things up. And one guy drops the puck the whole game. So you get consistency. So at one end, it's not one linesman. It's just jamming it down. And at the other end, the guy's making both guys stop, and they get confused. On, you know, you always complain about this. Just have one guy do it every face-off. So he's doing it the same both ways. Offsides, you're, you're there. If it's, you're letting it go anyway. Now we've come. That's the best thing the NHL has done is let those ones go, right? Because how many times are they wrong on that when you review it? i think very rare very and, and it's like and it has to be and it's so tiny so like tiny the naked eye they're doing a great any job anyway. with that yeah right and but they're letting them go where they used to kill someone that weren't offside and you're like well you just killed the scoring chance you killed the flow so the league's moving in that direction but i they're all worried about it's gonna take too long if you're actually just making up time where you were taking time anyway what are you doing we all want to get it right if that's our goal it's all everyone in the room says we just want to get it right is this not a way to do that at the end of the day it's not losing jobs it's preserving jobs it's giving these guys that are great at what they do no one else can do this there's a zero chance you and i could go out there and call a game zero i would just never even No. Whistle. i would just let everything go because but they do an amazing job imagine if they had they knew they could quickly go check or had you in the box on the headset with me going hey, did I, was that the right call you know, let's let's take a peek quick, okay? We're got time because we're taking it on out of a commercial. I just think we get them right. That's it. Long story on that, and we're saving refs from getting hit in the corners and getting in the way. How often does a puck, when they're trying to clear, it, it hits the ref? Goes up. You're not gonna. You don't need to be down there. We don't even need to be at the goal line because everything's reviewed when the goal goes in. We do a great job of reviewing those goal line things. Anyway. That's phenomenal. Like, have you? I said this five years ago in the you? Boston series when when I got asked this, I'll never forget it. First, time, I was like, "We need to have this," and everyone they didn't let me finish the whole thing like you have. I mean, you will probably oh, edit all this. No, but no, no. This that's okay. The, they almost, edit this whole thing. My witness, he's the uh, he's the editor. This he's is like, all no, going to no air. No chance. Nobody wants to hear about this. No, it's going to air. It's just a, my suggestion, and it's just to help out take or it. take away the video. Then don't show us replays. Why are you doing that? Have you ever taken it to the league? Said. When do I talk to the league? I'm not doing (laughs) that. This is my chance to talk to the league right here. I'll probably get – do you think I can get in trouble? No, you won't get in trouble. This This is a suggestion, and it's to help them.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Uh, more of that is available uh, wherever you get your podcast. That is Rod Brindemore in conversation with Elliot Freeman, uh, part of our latest release, um, 32 Thoughts uh, interview series. Okay, uh, Matt Marchese, our producer, is, uh, is on board, and the QOD was kind of put together at the last minute when I saw the, the Jordan shoes go for $2.2 million, Maddie. whether it was tweets or whether it's emails, a Show at sportsnet.ca. I just sort of threw out there, what would you pay insane amounts of money for uh, as it relates to, to hockey memorabilia? What came back?
2: Oh, we had, we had some good ones. Um, the, uh, one of my favorites, this one from Eckhart's Ladder, the shoe Milbury beat the yep. guy with.
1: So it's not Milbury's shoe.
2: No, it's somebody else's shoe. It's that no, It's guy. the shoe Milbury beat the guy with.
1: He didn't even hit him, though. <laughs> That's the a thing. Cheap, Milbury gets, I will defend Milbury on this one. He, he grabbed the Now, did he take the loafer off the guy's feet at MSG? Absolutely, he did. Did he hit him with the shoe? No. He took a wild swipe and missed him. The person that did the actual damage is our great friend, the late, great Peter McNabb. McNabb gets up there, grabs the guy, throws him down. This all started when someone, and it might have been that guy hit Stan Jonathan with a rolled-up newspaper after the game. And that what sent the Boston Bruins berserk and chasing him up into the stands. But, um, yes, that shoe... Please tell me that that person did not throw out that shoe. Like, if there's a... Like, I've always felt that there should be a, a section of the Hockey Hall of Fame, and if anyone from the Hall of Fame is listening right now, please take this idea and run with it. There needs to be an area of the Hockey Hall of Fame where goofy stuff like this exists. You know when there's a big goal scored, Matty? What does the Hall of Fame want right away? I want the puck, I want the stick. Maybe I'll take the gloves too, right? The Hall of Fame, right away, boom, I want this, I want this, I want this. This belongs in the Hall for Hockey History. I still think that there needs to be a section of the Hall of Fame, and maybe it rotates because there's so much goofy stuff, but that's essentially for goofy stuff, like the Milbury shoe. So thank you for... Bringing that one up, Maddie, to let me have my little stump about what should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hockey Hall of Fame's goofy section. What do you think about that? Yeah,
2: I like it. I like it. Okay, so um, this one from uh, Prashanth Iyer. Hashik's mask from the 98 Olympics.
1: Oh, yes, where he destroyed Canada, where Mark Crawford left Wayne Gretzky on the bench, where the real problem was that they didn't have Gretzky in the shootout. The problem was their... Best shooter was injured and in the stands, Joe Sackick. Um, there's a lot of great Hashik memorabilia. I mean, whether the, you know, the waffle or the catcher, like take your pick, those were great, the short pads, uh, the whole deal. But yeah, the, uh, the mask was, uh, was certainly special. Pretty much anything from Dominic Hashik, to be honest with you. But that's a good one. That's a good one. What yeah. else?
2: Uh, David Felsberg sends in, I'd pay an unholy amount for one of Yager's game-worn Jofas.
1: Yeah, Jofas or uh, Matt Snazlin's Torspos. I really hope Ken Reed's listening right now because right now he's bobblehead and saying right on, Jeffy. Um, these are all you know. Let's pick this one up tomorrow. Let's bank yeah. some of these because more will come in, right? The tweet exists. Let's bank some of these tomorrow because this one, uh, this one could be fertile ground uh got a wrap lance is playing the tunes uh thanks to lance kennedy for playing the tunes keeping us on point uh jen rolnick for making the show look good uh matt Marquez our full-time fill-in host and producer thanks to elliot friedman lance lisowski greg waschinski uh the clip we played of uh, rod brindemore courtesy of the 32 thoughts podcast and um the great editing of the great Emil delich uh we'll return with the random player tomorrow in the meantime Oh, man, Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey should be a beauty. Montreal, Canadi- Montreal Canadiens and the New York Islanders. Islanders can punch their ticket and eliminate the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pre-game 6.30. Puck drops just after 7 o'clock Eastern. We are back in 22 hours.